0: For years, BreweryDB has been the industry's only professionally curated source of brewery knowledge and responsible for mapping millions of visits to breweries all across the United States. In early 2021, BreweryDB revealed a whole new platform with all new features for craft lovers to plan their unique brewery experience. Find, filter, search, and route your way to breweries worldwide and in your own neighborhood. To take full advantage of the optimized power of BreweryDB and to increase your brew knowledge, visit brewerydb.com, your digital destination for brewery experiences. Good Beer Matters shares the stories of craft and culture found in every glass, and I'm excited to announce that the Good Beer Matters podcast and BreweryDB are collaborating this year to help you get to the bottom of it. Visit us at brewerydb.com and goodbeermatters.net to finally have the experience you've been missing. My name is Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters.
1: Doctor walks out and says, hey, your child has cancer. Yeah, your first question is, what do I do next? All of a sudden, you're talking 200, 300 kids every week in the United States are being diagnosed with cancer. The brew industry in particular is synonymous with giving back. You know, we can make a huge impact just by pouring a beer.
0: I thought the Beer with Benefits series I did last year should be an annual thing, so I'm doing it again this year. In this episode, we face the cold, hard reality that some parents have to hear the words, your child has cancer. I'm not willing to look the other way on this either, but instead of running another 5K, we can drink beer to fight pediatric cancer. My next guest will show us how. I've studied, traveled, and tasted my way through some of the best beer the world has to offer. Over the past few years, I've also spoken to beer industry leaders from around the globe. And one thing is certain, the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. There is a story of craft and culture found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoy episode 86 of Good Beer Matters with Chris Geib of the National Pediatric Cancer Association and Brewing Funds the Cure. All right, so this next guest uh, really kicks off the uh, 2021 Beer with Benefits series, and I um, I encountered this uh, gentleman at the Craft Brewers Conference, and what caught my eye was it had to do with an an incredibly worthwhile cause. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the Good Beer Matters podcast, especially the Beer with Benefits series.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. It was great meeting you over in uh, Denver. and. I'm excited to talk some uh, beer with benefits with you.
0: Right. Um, well, you know, uh, first of all, uh, I'm going to just ask you, please introduce yourself and, and really why we're talking with you today.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Chris Geib. Uh, I am with the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Uh, and one of our programs is called Brewing Funds the Cure uh, that we've had for a few years now. But over the last two years, we've really branched out uh, more on a national level. Um so you know that's you know why i met you last week and um you know we're really excited to uh, do good through beer.
0: Yeah absolutely and it's just one of those things where um you know we're talking about cancer we're talking about pediatric cancer which uh which is fancy medical terms for kids with cancer. But this is a beer podcast, and so um, hopefully we can draw that connection of how anyone listening can go out, get a beer, and do some good for the world. Um, but uh, first of all, do you have a background in beer that, uh, that you can speak to?
1: So besides drinking it uh, occasion to occasion, I don't have a deep background. I do have a lot of friends in the industry, so I'm fairly familiar with Uh, you know breweries and uh, kind of the the back end works of making beer and and everything like that Um, but it wasn't until I got involved through the foundation where I really dove in deep and 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 we as the foundation really became part of the beer industry as a whole Um, so it's been a fun learning process uh, you know from the science of everything down to the business side of things so uh, it's been really cool so no I don't have a uh, a full background in the, in the beer industry, but uh, I'm fully entrenched now, and it's really fun.
0: Well, and and I'm glad. Uh, in a past life, I worked in the uh, medical field, and uh, and there are a lot of really um, wonderful success stories that come out of that. Uh, sometimes there are uh, stories that are not as successful, and and uh, are are can be a bit of a downer. So it's kind of nice to kind of dip your toes into a world that is is you know, about joy and doing some good. So. Um, But before we kind of dig into the beer thing, because this is a beer podcast, but let's, uh, you know, we got to tap our foot on first base, uh, first of all. Um, uh, Tell us about, um, what do we need to know? What do the listeners need to know about pediatric cancer in in the nation today or even around the world?
1: Sure, yeah. So the reason why our organization exists and and many others like it is because uh, pediatric cancer is an interesting field. Where there is very, very little funding from the federal government for uh, cancer research. So, of the billions of dollars dedicated to cancer uh, from the you know government funds, only four percent of that, that money is dedicated to pediatric cancer research. And so, the same treatments that you know you or I as an adult would receive for you know name that that uh, cancer is the same that a you know a three-year-old, or a two-year-old even uh, will be getting. And you see how toxic. Uh, and the effects that um, these, these treatments and chemo have on adults. So just imagine how hard it is for kids. And so our mission is to fund research to find less toxic and more therapeutic treatments for kids battling cancer to where it's targeted for them that's less toxic so that while we want to, you know, defeat the cancer, we don't want to inhibit their, uh, you know, health moving forward where that's a huge problem. Um, i think it's uh, the number is close to 90 percent 95 percent of children that are survivors of cancer have uh, debilitating health effects you know leading leading into their 20s and 30s and 40s because of the treatment they were given so that's been our mission since day one um, you know our foundation now that you know we're national now and we have 30 partner hospitals that collaborate together on these projects but it was started just like many other family foundations out there with two moms uh, met each other that uh, in the hospital and their kids were battling cancer. And they realized all those facts that I just mentioned that, you know, there's just nothing for them, uh, you know, for these kids. So they made their mission to, to raise money and and fund research so we can make a change.
0: Well, and, and, um, yeah, you know, I do have a little bit of history. My my mother uh, beat breast cancer, and of course, uh, with a, a little bit of background, I've been around other people with uh, cancer as well. And it's it's one of those things. And and you can I'm sure you can describe this way better than I can. But um, but colloquially or in layperson's terms, um, the cure for cancer is is like you know they're they're trying to. Um, kill the cancer before it kills you <laughs> and and so that that you can therefore cure the cancer and then and then bring you back from the brink of whatever the the treatment was was doing to you but the bottom line of that is not only is it extremely impactful on on a person on their psyche on their emotions but it's also impactful on the surrounding family but now we're talking about a kid we're talking about the impact of kids, of of and everything that goes with that. I don't want to dive into uh, the topic in too much detail because you know that's it, just going to make me sad. But um, but it, it's hugely impactful. Uh, can you can you share a little bit more reality to to that full on impact to the to pediatric patient and the family?
1: Yeah, of course. And you know, while while our mission is funding research, that's where you know, 90, 95% of our Darlas go, we, we understand the family impact as well. So we do have a couple uh, of small programs that um, are there for the family themselves. So, you know, generally when a child is diagnosed with cancer, they, their treatments and, you know, where they're going, I mean, they're flying around the country normally, um, you know, doing these uh, different chemotherapies and treatments or trials and almost, Every time, one or one of the two of the parents usually have to quit their job um, to travel around with them. So obviously the emotional impact is huge, but financially it's it's huge as well. And so, um, you know, while we're a research organization, we do have a safety net program where families can apply for grants uh, twice a year um, where basically they can take, you know, uh, medical bills or um, uh, travel expenses that they incur with it, and that we can try to help offset some of those dollars. Um, and you know that's a huge thing. And and the education point is too. Uh, we have a, a toolkit that we created a couple of years ago that we send out to all of our partner hospitals, along with a, a lot of others, just to have uh, in their oncology unit because. You know, and think about, you know, you as a parent, if you walk in and the doctor walks out and says, hey, you know, your child has cancer, you know, your first question is, what do I do next? Um, so we have this toolkit designed by uh, some uh, moms and then some dads that have gone through the process and they sort of went through this book saying, I wish I would have known X, Y, Z ahead of time. So it's down to scheduling and um, all kinds of things in there of, of what to do once your child is diagnosed with cancer. And so that's kind of the two um, main things that we do to, you know, try to help some of the families out as well, whether it's just logistical type things or, you know, hopefully we can answer some questions for them uh, through this toolkit. Um, And then there's also the opportunity for some financial assistance as well.
0: Um, Can you tell me um, just just some stats of of how many kids – Uh, suffer from cancer in the U.S. around the world. I mean, just so we get a, I mean, is this, is this a, uh, granted one kid with cancer is a big, big problem, but how big of a problem is this?
1: It's a pretty large number. Um, We, we use the number 43 a lot in some of our campaigns uh, because more than 43 kids every single day are expected to be diagnosed with cancer. Um, So you start looking at that from a week standpoint and all of a sudden you're talking 200, 300 kids every week in the United States are being diagnosed with cancer. Um, so that adds up pretty quickly over a course of a year and you know then next year there's new kids uh, you know being diagnosed and there's still the kids from last year that are fighting it. So um, that number grows very, very quickly. Um, and so that's our goal is to take that 43 number and and we need to shrink that down, but there's really not much you know you can do about the diagnose standpoint. you know there's not, um a magic wand to say you know this kid is going to be diagnosed with cancer you just don't know when it when it's going to happen so our goal is to try to find a way to catch it quick you know the earlier you can identify cancer the the less toxic that the treatments need to be and so some of our research that we're doing um is to be able to identify some of those things whether it's um you know a blood-based biomarker trial where you, it's you know as simple as a prick of the finger um, to be able to identify the cancer in in their blood rather than having to do the um, the CT scans and MRI type type things which you know aren't you know you don't want children doing that all the time. Um, and then number two is you know some some new stuff on the horizon is some artificial intelligence stuff where we can use um, various uh, data points to identify how to treat certain cancers to where we can find uh, less toxic ways to do it. So, you know, while, while we can't really uh, do much about the diagnosis of cancer, we, we can try to uh, find a way to fix it quicker, find a way to, to fix it um, with less aggressiveness. Um, that way they, we can do it faster and, you know, hopefully uh, they don't have these, these debil- debilitating uh, health effects afterwards because of it.
0: Well, and I've got a—well, first question uh, in response to that is, with all the research that you have access to and that you're privy to, do you have any idea of what is causing these cancers in children?
1: You know, I think that's one of the big mysteries out there right now, and I think if we knew the answer to it, you know, we'd be able to stop it before it starts. Um, I'm sure as technology continues to, uh, you know, be advanced, there might be ways to identify, you know, some signals or, 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 things that, you know, could be, uh, indicators that they're at risk for cancer before it even happens. Um, but right now it's, it's that mystery. And, and, and I think that's overall, even with adults, you never know, I think all of us, no matter who you are, have family members that have had cancer of, of some sort, um, you know, and it's. It's just one of those things where you just don't know. You can have the healthiest person in the world, you know, get lung cancer. And they haven't smoked a day in their life. So yeah. um, there's some things out there that, you know, we can't really explain. I think we we focus on, you know, what can we do about it um, until that, you know, becomes available to us.
0: So there's nothing quite as simple as they're spending too much time on their tablets and they need to go outside and play more, right? It's it's not <laughs> right. that simple.
1: Yeah, I and mean, you know the, the sad part is we have we have a lot of families that we've worked with where, you know, their kids are getting diagnosed with cancer at one years old. So what could they have done differently? You know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just one of those things to where, you know, it's just part of uh, the world we live in. And you know, our goal is to to be able to take take the bad and, and turn it turn it into a positive with, with great results afterwards.
0: Do you have a story that you can share about a? um a, about a, a success story that uh, that kind of drives you waking up in the morning to do this work.
1: Sure, yeah. So we have um, multiple trials going on around the country. Um, one of our bigger ones is is down in Florida uh, through University of Florida Shands Hospital, and it's a, uh, a brain cancer trial. So where they're able to identify and attack the cancer. Um, and I am by no means uh, a scientist in this description. This can be very layman's terms. Um, but for anyone out there listening, I can I can get the, some more detailed information from our research department. But basically, they take out um, the infected area of, of cancer from from the brain, you know, the tumor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to re-engineer the cells, if you want to say it, put it back in to where it attacks from within type deal. Um, and that one, we just um, had our first human trials recently uh, over the last year or so. And we had an older uh, child in, in his teens um, was one of the first ones to go through this. And uh, over a year after the treatment, there has been no um, identification of the cancer coming back um, after it has been gone. So that's something that um, obviously with, with these kind of trials, you know, it's a, it's a multi-year thing to see the actual, uh, data and success from it. But, you know, from, from the way it's looking so far, it's doing very, very well. Um, which could be a huge, uh, step in our process with, with that certain uh, type of cancer. Um, another one too, where we are, uh, there's a lot of cancers where you you're treated from it and you've heard, you've heard the term relapse many times where, you know, some, it might be two, three years cancer free, but it comes back. And so when I mentioned earlier about the, the blood biomarker trials, that's one of the big things we're trying to do to where, uh, you know, say a, a child has some form of cancer and um, they're treated and they're, they're cancer free for a period of time. Well, you know, they do their normal checkups, you know, couple, you know, maybe every six months or three months or however, however often they need to go uh, to identify, you know, kind of where they are in their recovery process. And with this blood trial, if we're able to take a prick of the finger and identify if that cancer is coming back before it actually shows up on the scan, then we're able to figure out ways to treat it quicker uh, before it comes back. So those are two of the more advanced type things that we're working on. Um, just an example of some of the, some of the projects that we're doing.
0: And, um And you already talked about a couple of these things, uh, uh, ways that you help families that are struggling with this. But uh, will you talk a little bit more to that? What exactly uh, do you guys do to help support these families in the midst of it? Other than, you know, um, providing a little bit of uh, support and uh, financial support so that, you know, mom or dad can quit their job and, and go do this full time. But what else do you guys do? I've got a question for you. How are you engaging with your customers? Are you adding value or just vying for attention? If you have a business, then you are an authority and should be regarded as a partner in everyone's mutual success. But getting that message across in the first place, that's the trick. At Mountain Sea Media, I use education and storytelling to keep your brand on top of mind. So if you're done with ineffective marketing and want to create more impact, I want Mountain Sea Media to be your resource for high value branded content. Contact me at Jeremy at Mountainseamedia.com to explore the possibilities. After all, it's your story. I'll help you tell it.
1: Sure, yeah. So there's many organizations out there. There's some dedicated, you know, uh, fully to what we what we want to call quality um, of life type uh, foundations to where you've seen them before where they're, you know, sending kids on trips and, um, you know, whether it's, you know, to Disney World or, you know, their favorite football game sure. or, or whatever else. And those are great organizations. Our, uh, our organization was set on the, the precedent of funding a, a research to to attack the problem rather than, you know, for lack of a better term, putting a Band-Aid on it for, for a week or a day or, or whatever it may be by, you know, bringing some joy to someone who needs it, which we think is – obviously a great mission, um, but ours is is very strongly focused on the research. Uh, That being said, you know, we do understand that there are needs financially or education-wise, and so um, we do have a grant process to where um, families can apply to, and if they qualify for it, you know, they can receive up to, I think it's $2,500 or $5,000 as financial assistance, Um, so it's not it's not a huge part of our, our budget of what we do, but we do have that available. Um, and then from the sort of, you know, bringing some joy to the kids, since we don't do, you know, the teddy bears or trips or anything like that, we utilize some of our events that we do to bring them along and, and kind of shine a light on them. Um, so we have our fashion shows that are all around the country where, where kids come and whether they're battling currently or in remission, and then even the survivors we bring uh, um, on stage and, and they're able to tell us what, what their dream is when they beat cancer, whether it's uh, whether they want to be a fireman or a football player or, you know, a lawyer, or whatever it may be, um, they get to dress up in that, you know, quote unquote profession. Uh, and then we find someone from that local community that's in that profession to come walk with them. So for instance, last, last week we had our big one in Tampa, Florida um and one of the kids wanted to be a baseball player so one of the pitchers from the tampa bay rays came and uh, one wanted to be a police officer so the we got one of the sheriff's office uh, deputies to come out and welcome down and so that's really a fun time for them and the families to to kind of get involved and where we can kind of put a face to the mission that we have um but but again you know the money we raise we want to go to research uh for the most part and so that's our our strong focus
0: well, and I do have to admit that I did experience um, years and years and years ago, a lifetime ago. Uh, I was a fireman, and we did the uh, uh, um, Seattle Stair Climb. And we, uh, I worked in a small town in Oregon, and, and we had a, um, a a a young kid who had uh, who was in the process of recovering from leukemia. Um, and, and so we, and when you do the Seattle stair climb, you're in full turnouts, which are probably about an extra 50 pounds or so. Uh, you've got air tanks on your back. You've got the mask on your face. You're breathing air. As soon as you unhook to and take your mask off, you're, you're done with the event. So you have all that weight and you're, and you're breathing out of this mask and you're climbing 63, uh, stories, if I recall correctly, but, um, but we we had a picture of of this young kid. We put on our helmets and and every it, it, I, the reason why I bring this up is it was just so motivating to do something to this because you know that that whatever 20 minutes or however long it was that I did that climb that I was absolutely suffering. It it was 20 minutes. It was nothing compared to what these families do. But. But it was motivating because every every floor there was a poster, uh, uh, in um, in support of, and then a, the the next ones were in memory of, and and you have this picture on your um, helmet, and it was, and and that was just one thing. But the reason why I bring this up is, is there's so many things out there, but without seeing that, without seeing the effects of what can happen, what what you can do to help. It, it, the The motivation just is like, oh, I'll I'll do that someday. But having that in front of you, having realizing that there are people that are dealing with this every single day, what is twenty minutes of difficulty out of your day really going to cost you? And and my experience was not much. It it, it was not that difficult to help and support and and do all this stuff. So I think these things were fantastic.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think you know, being able to to bring that face to a cause is is very important and so we try to utilize you know through our events and, and everything else to kind of bring that home or even if it's just a story um, you know even if we don't have them in person we try to we try to send to all of our partners a, a story of one of our families, one of the kids that we work with just to, just to bring home the fact of hey this is why we need these funds we're trying to uh, to fix this problem so we can help kids like Johnny or you know Jamie XYZ, um, because it's, it is important and, um, you know, that's, it's, a, unfortunately there's just not, hasn't been, and, and there, and it's been years, um, that any treatment has been made, uh, directly for kids. I mean, the same treatment they're using now has been used for really the last like 40 or 50 years.
0: Wow. And, and has the, uh, efficacy, uh, improved at all?
1: Or, there's been some with, uh, like like with our organization, we're focused heavy on some of the more aggressive uh, cancers, the sarcomas, um, and some others. Because uh, with some of the larger organizations out there, especially leukemia, has been um, some pretty great strides in that um, process of as far as survival rates and and everything like that. But there's you know some of the the more if you want to call them rare uh, cancers really have had no um, involvement in, in the mm-hmm. treatments and, and the success rates. And so, um, that's one of our large focuses is we call it the, the 20%, you know, 80, percent of, uh, the children's cancers have, um, you know, come a long way, you know, your, your more common ones, but, you know, some of the bone cancers and brain cancers and that kind of thing, you know, there really hasn't been any advancement. And so we have a strong focus on those through our organization. Well,
0: let, let's start transitioning this into uh, the beer world. Um, tell me about Brewing Funds the Cure. What is that?
1: Sure. Yeah, so uh, our headquarters are here in Tampa. And so around, uh, I want to say 2016 or 2017, um, we did our first event in conjunction with the beer world. Uh, we had uh, some breweries, uh, Cigar City being one of them, Brew Bus and a couple others in Tampa, came together and, and they all had um, one of their, you know, one of their actual brewers um, volunteered to grow out their beards for a while uh, and fundraise and kind of have a competition between breweries of who could raise the most money. And then they would bring some children uh, that are battling cancer to come out and shave their beards off hmm. and do a, do sort of a taproom event. And so that sort of introduced us to the brewing industry. Um, and through that, the conversation started, that, uh, you know, the brewery saying, hey, this is really fun. Um, but, you know, one thing we do best is make beer. So maybe we could maybe we can make a beer for you guys. Um, and that's where our signature Rising Hope IPA was was born in Tampa. Um, so 2017 and 2018, Cigar City and Brew Bus collaborated to make this uh, signature IPA. Um, we, and we designed a logo and they created a recipe for it. Made it, got free ingredients from Country Malt Group and Yakima Chief Hops to, to uh, help offset any cost so we could raise more money. Um, then they sold it through their tap rooms and retail locally. Um, and that's kind of how it all began. And so for about two years, it was sort of a local uh, beer release. Um, and then in 2019, we were able to expand that with the commitments from the Country Malts of the World and Yakima Chief and Amoretti Fruit Company. All agreed that they would donate enough product for one brewery in every single state to make the same beer every fall. Um, and so we've been trying the last two years to really push it and try to hit all 50 states. And we've, we've gotten closer and closer, even through the pandemic, um, to getting all 50 states on board.
0: And and um, it sounds. Uh, just looking on the website, it looks like you've got a brewing. Brewing fun, Secure, but you also uh, try to do a similar type of thing with cooking, fitness, music, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, uh, you know, t- I mean, tell us quickly uh, about all of those different avenues that people could get involved. If you're not in a beer, you're into, like, fitness, music while you're cooking. Um, you know, what can people uh, – what what should people know about this?
1: Sure, yeah. We, we try to design a lot of our, you know you know, quote-unquote cause campaigns – around what people do every day right so uh you get up in the morning you're gonna get dressed so we have fashion funds like you you know you're gonna you know brush your hair you're gonna uh eat breakfast and all that and we have a program where you can do uh, like what we said with the, the beard shave you know cut color your hair for a cure um anything that people do we can turn into a fundraiser so our fitness funds secure. We have gyms dedicating, you know, maybe it's a certain workout or, or point of sale campaign for a membership or whatever it might be. Um, pretty much anything that you can think of, you know, we can tie that into a fundraising campaign. We have students funds secure where we have middle schoolers and high schoolers and college students doing fundraisers for us, uh, to raise money. And we have fishing tournaments. We have obviously the beer program where we've also, Uh, expanded that into coffee um, uh, with the brewing funds, the care and uh, cooking. We have restaurants that that do a restaurant day for us every year. And uh, we have, we've had um, virtual cooking classes, you know, you name it. Um, We can create something around what people like to do on a daily basis to create a fundraiser for us. So that's a unique thing about us. We're very entrepreneurial as well. So if someone comes with us with an idea, we can create that into Um, a sub sub program of our foundation
0: which is great because i am going to wake up i am going to get dressed and most days if i'm uh, behaving then i am going to uh, get a workout in i'm going to eat and in the evening i'm going to have a beer and if i could do these things that i'm going to do anyway and somehow contribute to a extremely worthy cause then i feel better about myself and I've really not done anything different than I normally would have, but it it just becomes this. It's so easy to help those with a terrible need, and it's so easy to uh, benefit something by doing what you already do. So um, I, I think that's fantastic that you found a way to to kind of give people a particular path that, with minimal resistance.
1: Yeah, and that's our goal. We want to have we want people to get involved and the best way to have people get involved is for them doing something that they like to do. Um, so there might be like you mentioned before, there might be people that are, and I'm sure on your podcast that are real, uh, interested in, you know, doing something with beer, which is great. Um, and there's other people that, you know, they don't drink beer, but you know what, they like to work out. So they can create a, uh, as an individual, just a DIY campaign where they just create a fundraising page and say, Hey, I'm going to, you know, run a mile every single day will someone donate you know five dollars a mile for me for this month and and they can they can raise money on their own just as an individual um we have people that are we have a a real estate company right now that's creating their lemonade stand that they do every year as uh, and they're able to utilize that not only as a fundraiser but as a networking opportunity with their company um a marketing firm actually the one that designed our rising hope uh, logos and everything. They're doing a company-wide walk uh, next Friday to where they have all 90 employees, want, you know, sign up for free and try to raise as much money as you can through family and friends. And then they're going to do uh, an employee party at the end of it uh, with the walk and you know, food trucks and and whatever else. So there's so many ways to get involved, whether you're an individual or whether you're uh, a company um or anything else so you know we love to hear great ideas and and we support um from a marketing standpoint logistically whatever you want to do we can help you do
0: and and kind of on that note why is beer such a particularly good vehicle to share this message raise these funds do some good work in this in this arena
1: well i think as you know and most of the listeners here know is uh, the brew industry in particular is synonymous with giving back. I think that um, they're, they're a very tight knit community. Um, most of these breweries are very uh, entrenched with their local community. Right. And so every brewery that you've ever gone to does some sort of fundraising um, to bring that community together. And so a lot of them do stuff on a monthly basis or a weekly basis, even, or, you know, you know, giving tap Tuesdays or whatever you whatever it might be, or trivia nights. and so um, it's already there. and so our goal was to create a um, very seamless step-by-step program to where um, we can offer something to a brewery where they don't have to create something new themselves. They can just follow the steps one through ten and everything's provided for them and they can be a part of of what we're doing. and I think, uh, they, as the, as the company and the brewery, along with their patrons, really appreciate the giving back aspect of the brew community. Um, and so I think they've welcomed us with open arms. Um, and we're really excited to see how this continues to grow
0: and i think this is fantastic because not only i mean like i mentioned this before you've created something with minimal resistance with with really like low barriers to buy in and um and it's just and you're kind of taking normal people's behavior i mean we're all going to go out and uh, and go to a pub and a brewery and, and have a beer especially now that we can um uh but you're you're leveraging that to to do something that and 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 while the brewery may make three dollars instead of four off the off the profit of the beer, or 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 as a consumer, I may pay an extra dollar. But when it comes to pediatric cancer with with families that are dealing with this, man, no uh, no problem. I'll pay an extra buck. I just give me the beer, and I'll feel great about the work I've done in the world. And and all I'm doing is drinking a beer. But it's it's one of those things that really, really helps potentiate the effect of what's going on out there
1: absolutely and the the cool part about our our rising hope beer in particular is we get free ingredients for all the breweries so the brewery basically takes it they don't have hardly any cost at all up front um, and they agree to give actually a hundred percent of the net proceeds for that beer to the foundation. So they basically um, some of them even, even donate labor costs, water, you know, you know, whatever costs that are are involved with it, besides the ingredients. Some of them even just 100% donate everything and don't even uh, take the small amount of costs off. And because of that, we're able to raise a significant amount of money through that beer every year. Um, You know, and the potential of it, I think once we get it fully maxed out with all 50 States, uh, once we get, you know, the full barrelage amount, each, each state is allowed up to 20 barrels of beer uh, worth of ingredients for free, which, you know, is, you know, about 4,000 pints of beer. Um, so that adds up really quickly to where, you know, we can turn this program as is without even expanding it any farther into close to a half a million dollars a year fundraiser.
0: So uh, what do, if a brewery wanted to get involved with this, what would they uh, have to do? Who do they contact?
1: It's real simple. They can just reach out to me either through the website, um, you know, or just call the call our main office and ask for ask for Chris. Um, We're doing our fall release right now. So we have basically the signups um, end next week Um, they have to have their their ingredients in order orders in by October 1st. Um, And we're about I think this year we'll probably be sitting at 40 to 45 states signed up. So we're almost there um, from the Rising Hope campaign. Um, but then if you're on the website too, we have a, another cool uh, program that's just called the Tap Handle Program, um, which is open to any brewery across the country, any restaurant really, if they want to do it, anywhere, anyone that has uh, you know a tap wall, all right. Um, and they say, hey, we want to be a part of this and we send you the tap handle, table tents, coasters, some digital marketing material, press release, everything that you would really need to help market it. And then that brewery or restaurant just agrees to take that tap handle, put it on any beer they already have. They could brew their own beer just for it if they wanted to, but <clears throat> the most simple thing to do is unscrew the tap off of one of your beers, screw it on, and you know give a dollar a beer for a month for that. Um, so that's a really simple program, too, that we could have, a thousand breweries do it uh, at any given time
0: if they wanted to. When and that's good because had I known and planned better, then this episode would have released before this deadline. But uh, as the way the as the way it is, it it's going to release afterwards. But it's good to know that there are still things that not only breweries but on premise restaurants, tap rooms, um, that they can get involved with this. Um, uh, and, and, uh, at the very end, we'll have you kind of repeat the, uh, the website and stuff. But, um, um, as we kind of, kind of close the whole, uh, the beer thing, what would you like people, anyone listening, what would you like them to know about pediatric cancer? What, what, what would you like to drive home?
1: I think we need to drive home the fact that there needs to be more research, um, because without research, there's no results, right? Uh, and in order to have more research we need to raise more funds so you know through brewing funds the cure we can really make a difference i mean um those simple programs that we have in place you know just imagine if if that tap handle program took off and breweries and restaurants all around the country decided they wanted to be a part of this and you know as you know if if you're doing a dollar beer pour for a month and maybe even throw in you know maybe raffle off a uh a fifty-dollar gift card and a hat and a, a pint glass during the time frame that you're doing the the tab handle. You know you can estimate, you know, five hundred, a thousand uh, dollars worth of donations for that month pretty easily. Uh, you know you start multiplying that by a hundred or two hundred or five hundred restaurants and breweries, and all of a sudden, you know, we can make a huge impact just by pouring a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. Yes, you know, there's people out there that will stroke a big check um, for the cause, but this is a way for everyone to get involved to where you as a brewery or a restaurant and, and you as a patron out there, just by drinking a beer can make a significant impact on uh, making a real change in, you know, these treatments for kids battling cancer and uh, f- something to feel really good about.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's a no-brainer. Drink a beer, save a kid's life. It's It's you know, it, it's, it's easy. Um, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll finish up in, in a, in a minute, but I've got a few kind of, uh, philosophical closing questions for you. Um, uh, if, if I could turn you into, or if I could make you the king of the beer world for a day, Chris, what's the first thing you would change? The king of the beer world. The king of the beer world.
1: What would I change? Um, You know, I think one thing I would do and and I've had the opportunity to speak at a couple of the Brewers Guild conferences on this note is, um, as we spoke before, most breweries are very involved with philanthropic uh, entities, right? They do it all the time. Um, But what I speak to when I talk to these marketing or owners of of breweries is you're already doing it. So let's do it smarter. So instead of having... Um you know, multiple um, organizations that you support every week or month or or whatever, really focus it on building those relationships with nonprofits. So maybe pick your top five that you want to spread out throughout the year. Um, but build those relationships with them so you can make an even bigger impact from not only from a donation standpoint, but from an awareness standpoint, and by doing so, it's going to be great for you as as a beer industry professional, growing your brand awareness yourself, um, to where every year people are looking forward to, whether it's our the rising hope beer or maybe you do something with puppies or or veterans or whatever it may be. Um, but instead of just willy nilly just throwing you know one dollar beer for a week on tap for a charity, really focus on building those relationships because. You know long-term partnerships are more important for both the brewery and the nonprofit than uh, than not so I think if if I was the beer king of the world, I would really drive home that fact with with uh, restaurant and bar owners and brewery owners to really um, really intertwine your philanthropic effort with your marketing effort. It's going to be and and you know I come from the the for profit world before nonprofit. so that's my focus and working with them is saying. Hey, Yes, we want this to help out what we're doing as a nonprofit, but it can help you as the brewery itself by being being a little bit smarter and more in, uh, intentional with your nonprofit relationships and I think um, that's something that can evolve uh, over time and um, I'm doing whatever I can as I continue in this in this industry to really drive home that fact and sort of teach that from kind of seeing both sides of the fence in my career.
0: You They kind of got me thinking about uh, uh, a saying my dad used to always tell me and, and uh, well, still does, but it's something to the effect within this particular context um, to basically paraphrase, but as a brewery, no one's really going to remember how many medals you won or how much money you made. 20, 50 years down the road, they're going to remember if they liked your brewery, and what you stood for. And if you stood for the environment, social justice, or pediatric cancer, and you made good beer, that's what they're going to remember. That,
1: I think. Exactly.
0: Um, uh, so, uh, Chris, um, uh, today... Uh, we cured cancer. There's no more cancer in the world. Um, and everyone uh, is celebrating because uh, that's no longer an issue. Uh, so to celebrate, you get to choose a meal and a beer. What, what would you choose to celebrate?
1: You said a meal and a beer? Yes. Well, the beer is easy. It's going to be Rising Hope IPA, the last version of it, because we don't need to to raise money anymore if, if we cured cancer. So that's great. Yeah. Um, I would be happily retired on that point, looking for a new career. Um, and then, uh, to pair with that IPA, I think, you know, a meal, I mean, you can't go wrong with a good stone fired pizza, right? A Good pizza oven, whether it's a brick oven or, or I personally, I have a big green egg, so I like cooking on the, on the pizza stone, um, I think pizza is the way to go there because I don't know anyone who's ever gets sick of pizza.
0: That that's probably a very very good call. Um, and you know, I this next question I ask all of my guests, and they're pretty much always coming from the beer world, and so they have this, you know, a I, I've gotten a theme of this question, but uh, you're coming from a completely different point of view um, outside of the beer world. So I, I really want to hear your answer from your own unique perspective. So the question is, Chris, why does good beer matter?
1: Why does good beer matter? Well, I think, um, like we talked many times, the beer industry is so community-driven. Um, I think it brings beer in general brings people together, right? Whether it's happy times or whether it's getting together over, you know, sad times, um, beer is something that brings the community together all the time. And so without good beer, um, we don't have that. Uh, so I think, you know, we've seen it evolve over, you know, I've seen it over the past five or six years, just the growth of the the brewing industry and, um, talking to, couple of our partners they were telling me that gosh 10 years ago there was barely a thousand breweries and now there's over nine thousand in the in the united states um and you know what they're they're turning into your local neighborhood restaurant family restaurant so it's bringing it's not just a bar uh anymore it's it's really a place you know you bring your dog you bring your your family you know they all have games and a lot of them have cool outdoor setups as well and um I think, you know, they've created a big impact in, in this in every community that you go to. So um, but if the beer is not good, then, then they're probably not going. So I think it's very impactful for our community as a whole. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of my take on on the beer industry.
0: That's fantastic. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, so the easy questions. Uh, anyone listening, um any breweries, any uh, beer consumer, how can they connect and learn more about what you're doing or become uh, part of those on on premise uh, anyway, how how can they how can they connect with uh, with you and get involved?
1: Yeah, there's a few ways. Um, you can go to our website, which is just brewingfundsthecure.org. dot org. Um, You can go directly to that link or or just go to the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation and and search through it uh, through the programs there. Um, We also created a page. You know, we have our normal social media for the foundation from an umbrella standpoint. But we did create a beer only page just on Instagram called Brewing Funds of the Cure. Um, And that way we can really highlight uh, what we're doing in the beer industry and with our coffee and everything else and highlight our partners Um, So you can always go and follow us there and and message directly through that as well. Um, Those are the two easiest ways uh, to get a hold of us.
0: Perfect. Uh, And lastly, uh, do you have any either words of wisdom or calls to action for anyone listening?
1: Yeah, I would say a call to action um, would just be, uh, you know, do a little research on what what we're doing. I think part of what I spoke about earlier about, you know, really choosing the right nonprofit partner is, Uh, We didn't talk about this yet, but one thing that we pride ourselves on um, is we're ten straight years of a four-star charity with Charity Navigator. Um, We are actually the number one-rated cancer pediatric cancer charity in the country for fiscal responsibility and transparency. And so, what does that mean? Um, You know, when you're choosing those nonprofit partners, when you are donating your time or or your money as as a company, you want to make sure those dollars are actually going to the cause, right? Um, and so we, we pride ourselves on that, you know, 87 cents of every dollar goes directly to our programs, um, which is huge. Um, and, and the reason why a lot of these uh, organizations want to partner with us. Um, so I think that's the number one. Um, and once you learn a little bit more about what we do as well, you know, I, I think that uh, getting involved any way you can is great. So whether you're a company uh, that wants to just jump on board and do the tap panel program or be one of our exclusive uh, rising hope partners, uh, which we only have one per state. Um, or if you're an individual out there, you can get involved. We spoke about, there's probably a lot of uh, home, home brew enthusiasts out there and we've actually been toying around uh, a home brew competition program to where we can sort of create uh, with our partners to put it out there. So uh, whatever, City you're in, there's usually a homebrew association, right? Um, so maybe we can create a homebrew competition in, uh, in support of pediatric cancer research. So that's sort of in the in the process right now. So if that's something you're interested in, reach out um, because we're trying to put together a simple program for that right now as well. So um, you know, and then if you just if you just like to drink beer and, and want to support it, you know, reach out and there's actually a map on our website that shows where this Rising Hope partners will be, and, and then when we have our tap handle program going, we'll have a list of those as well um, to where you can go to these breweries um, and do that, or if you just want to donate to the cause, you can donate directly through that website as well. So there's, there's definitely ways to get involved, and um, you know if you have an idea that we haven't even thought of yet, you know, we'd love to hear it, because maybe that's our next big program that we create.
0: And, and the next uh, Rising Hope beer uh, that will be coming out will be this fall. Right? Do you have a date on when that's expected to release?
1: So um, we have breweries uh, releasing it anytime between now. There's actually a couple breweries that are just releasing it through uh, the end of October. Um, most of them will have it released by then. Um, so it's a fall release. So that two month period, September and October, is really when um, everyone will start doing it. And I know we're just updated the map online to kind of show where the where the partners are. Um, and we'll keep updating that over the next week once, as we finalize um, every brewery uh, across the country. So it's a really good recipe designed by Cigar City and Brew Bus here in Tampa. Um, so every brewery is basically making the same beer. And some of them will put their little twist on it, um, depending on kind of, you know, their profile that they like, you know, with their, their brewery. So um, I know this year it's a hazy IPA, um, which I know is pretty popular these days. Um. So it should uh, sell really well. Um, it's a great beer and um, and obviously for a great cause.
0: Absolutely. And by the time this releases, all of these beers should be pretty much out in the market. So anyone listening, uh, turn off your phone or turn off your car or stop listening to this. Go out and buy yourself a six-pack of the Rising Hope beer and let's go save some kids.
1: Awesome.
0: Hey Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing your story and 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 especially thank you for doing the work that you're doing. I really really appreciate it.
1: Well, we appreciate you for for spreading the good word about about great beer for a great cause, and um, I can't wait to follow up with you again next year to just see how much we've grown from uh, from now until then.
0: Oh, that'd be fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Forty five kids are diagnosed with cancer every day. That's your child's entire class and half the one next to it. If you're a parent, you should be dealing with messy rooms or stepping on Legos, not trying desperately to keep it together while your child clings to life. So I ask you, whoever you are on the other end of the speaker, will you drink a beer and fight to save these kids? In the next Beer with Benefits episode, we visit with a company that is turning one brewer's trash into another brewer's treasure. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and the experiences we create together. But it's also about better beer education so you can level up your game. So if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters podcast and go to goodbeermatters.net for more resources and next steps. After that, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers.